From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Wednesday, the 12th of October 2022. I'd just like to say a big thank you to everybody who's watched the daily briefing recently. I know we've been off air for a little bit, but um, we have finally got our 100,000 play button from YouTube. So a huge thank you to everybody who's watched, subscribed. Uh, commented, let us know anything about the daily briefing. You know, thank you to everybody who's watched. Uh, it's genuinely amazing that we, we've got this, and I will now stop banging on about it. We've got the plaque, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm really grateful for for everybody who's stuck with us throughout. Good afternoon. Today we're going to run through the reports about Elon Musk and Vladimir Putin. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing the towns that have been retaken by Ukraine in Kherson. But first, Elon Musk and Vladimir Putin. Elon Musk, the world's richest man, has denied reports that he spoke with Russian President Vladimir Putin before floating his suggestions on Twitter for ending the war in Ukraine. His tweets sparked fury in Kyiv. The original claim was made by Ian Bremmer, the head of political risk consultancy Eurasia Group, who said that Musk had told him directly about his conversation with Putin and that the discussion involved Ukraine, the Kremlin's red lines, nuclear weapons and more. Bremer wrote that Elon Musk told him that Putin was prepared to negotiate, but only if Crimea remained under Russian control, if Ukraine accepted permanent neutrality and recognised the annexation of four Ukrainian regions. Asked about Bremer's claims, Musk tweeted that it was not true, adding that he spoke to Putin only once about 18 months ago, and that the subject matter was space. Bremer doubled down on his story, reiterating that Musk told him directly about his conversation with Putin. Bremer said, I have been writing my weekly newsletter on geopolitics for 24 years. I write honestly without fear or favour, and this week's update was no different. I've long admired Musk as a unique and world-changing entrepreneur, which I've said publicly. He's not a geopolitics expert. Musk responded to this, saying nobody should trust Bremer. In the early days of the war, Elon Musk gained popularity in Ukraine after deploying some of his Starlink internet terminals in the country. But after he tweeted a poll on Twitter at the start of the month with a suggested peace plan involving Ukrainian neutrality, Russia keeping Crimea and UN-supervised referendums in annexed regions, his good favour with Kyiv deteriorated. Ukraine's foreign minister said people proposing Ukraine give up land must stop using the word peace as a euphemism to let Russians murder and rape thousands more innocent Ukrainians and grab more land. Meanwhile, the Kremlin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, welcomed Musk's peace plan tweet, saying, It is very positive that someone like Elon Musk is looking for a peaceful way out of this situation. Also in Russian news, Russian authorities say they have detained eight people in connection with the explosion on the crucial bridge linking the Crimean Peninsula to Russia. The FSB security service said five of those arrested were Russians, while the others were Ukrainian and Armenian. Ukraine said Russia's investigation was nonsense and has not claimed responsibility for the attack. OK, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Israel and Lebanon have reached a historic agreement to settle their disputed maritime border. The area subject to the years-long dispute is significant due to the presence of oil and gas fields, which both countries are keen to exploit. The exact details of the agreement have not yet been released, and it still needs to be formally signed. 
Lebanese President Michel Aoun described the deal as satisfactory in meeting Lebanon's demands and preserving its natural wealth. Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid said the agreement would inject billions into his country's economy and strengthen its security. The two sides have a history of conflict with each other and do not have formal diplomatic relations. As such, negotiations have been carried out through a US envoy. Israel has said it hopes to export extractive gas to Europe as the continent seeks alternative sources of gas instead of from Russia. Lebanon is hoping that the prospective energy fields can provide a lifeline for its struggling economy. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. In yet more bad news for the UK government, the Bank of England has yet again insisted that it will stop supporting the bond market on Friday. This comes after there were some reports that the bank may extend its support. Put simply, the bank has been purchasing bonds in order to try and stabilise their price and to prevent sales that could, in turn, put pension schemes at risk. This has been the third time the bank has intervened to purchase bonds since the Chancellor announced his mini-budget. As a result of this recent announcement, the pound has slipped to below $1.09. This is on top of the wider economic problems at the moment, such as the news that interest rates on two- and five-year fixed-rate mortgages topped 6% for the first time in over a decade. It's been reported today that NASA was successful at their Double Asteroid Redirection Test, or DART, mission earlier this month. In essence, this was an attempt to move an asteroid off its path. It used a satellite and made it dive straight into an asteroid called Dimorphos, which was orbiting a larger asteroid known as Didymos. The satellite was driven into the asteroid at a speed of around 22,000 kilometers an hour, or about 14,000 miles per hour. It's been shown today that this resulted in reducing its orbital period by 32 minutes. Prior to the test, Dimorphos took 11 hours and 55 minutes to complete an orbit. Following the test, it only took 11 hours and 23 minutes. As a result of the success of the test, Bill Nelson, an administrator at NASA, has said that, I believe NASA has proven that we are serious as a defender of the planet. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of the towns that have been recaptured by Ukraine, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.